You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. Shalom, podcast listeners. My name is Christopher Allen Armfield. I am here with my good pal who's giving me the backup beats, beats, beats to All move your feet. All podcasts have good backup beats. Too. This is Senor Oliver Leon Wong. I, today's our baseball day, apparently, because we already, we already took a, a one take and you did a baseball echo like that guy who received Joe DiMaggio, I think, got an MVP one time yeah. and said, today, 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 I consider uh. myself. Myself. And the reason why also it's baseball day is because none other than your friend and mine uh what's his name tim tebow tim tebow is, is in town tonight we tried to get him the on the drive. podcast today but i guess he's really focused on baseball and he couldn't make it to the city lights equipping podcast which our aim and our goal always is to help people understand where they are and identify that next step with jesus and tim tebow we know is doing those kind of things himself trying yeah. to walk with jesus on the baseball diamond at this point. We would point. love to have Tim Tebow on the uh, podcast here, but I think he's probably busy doing other yep. things. And we don't know how he feels about these topics, so it, he, we could let him be an expert on some things, but not necessarily these things. We've been talking a little bit about podcast listeners about trying to get advertising on here, not because we're actually getting endorsements for anything, just because it'd be funny to try and sell things on a podcast that's not making any money from advertisements. Well, so, what's interesting is today's podcast is actually brought to us, <laughs> brought to you by Home Depot. Yeah. Home Depot, where... You can find things for your home. Yeah. Yeah, that's their official slogan right now. The Home Depot is where I go to ask questions of everybody there of things that I should know that I don't know. They're incredibly informed. Now, are you more drawn to the orange of the Home Depot or the blue and the red of the Lowe's? Well, I'm a Tony Stewart fan, so I go Home Depot all the are way. Are you really a Tony no, Stewart? Not, I was going to say. Hey, you are a fan it's of, cool the, to be of the Golden State oh, World yeah, Champion yeah. Warriors. So, the Warriors, Timothy, um, our podcast director, who's actually in the in the room right now. Is that the right word? You said podcast, but that's Pod, cool. Podcast, podcast director. Podcast. Um, awesome. Mentioned uh, that he felt like the Warriors would never have lost and of course in hindsight it does seem that way four to one only really tells one narrative mm-hmm. you know but i was my, my lament and comments i was a lot more nervous than a four one would have dictated in the last game that they won yeah. simply because of repeat from last year i agree it was and tight throughout the whole game i was over at your pad yes that. we were watching it up in the lounge the noma lounge north main lounge and uh for our german listeners indian listeners and uh listeners overseas we're talking about the national basketball association world championship and it's really just United States Championship, just because uh-huh. you mentioned we World had series. so many different nationalities represented yeah. at our viewing party. World Series, if you win the Super Bowl, you're the world champions. Yeah. There's something It's kind about, of boastful. It's, it's Let me bad. just say, it's a little boastful. Like, We're the world champions, and people yeah. in Venezuela are like, what about me? Yeah. You know, But they could come over here and play, but it is a little bit of swollen headness about United States of America. That being said, mm-hmm. um, you felt like last year's championship that then when the Golden State Warriors were over 3-1 and the Cavs came back in an unprecedented form and won it, you feel like they kind of got robbed of the championship, the Golden State. And that's actually how I want to uh, move into our t- today's yeah. conversation. You actually had a really staggering 
stirring comment on Sunday when you preach. And podcast listener, we're going to be talking about Oliver's sermon from last Sunday. You can always find those podcasts on the iTunes for the Sunday morning podcast for City Lights. And today we're going to be discussing some of the things you mentioned. One of them is ultimately you made a very, I I use the language pithy in my undergraduate work. My Hebrew professor talked about pithy statements, meaning it's a statement that is really stirring, really stands alone. You made a comment. uh, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but you said, you know, Certain things got Jesus riled up, mm-hmm. or certain things moved Jesus, but there's nothing that moved Jesus more mm-hmm. than when a person stood in the way of somebody's opportunity to worship or their opportunity to come in a pure way to trust in God. Jesus really opposed those people. You talked about um, people robbing other people of their opportunity to engage with Christ. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be a lot about what we're going to talk about today. But would you move us in there? I remember one thing you said, I'll say this, and then Mm -hmm. get talking about this passage from John. You said Jesus was so opposed to it, he actually described a millstone, even if we weren't familiar with it, you're like, it's a 2,000-pound piece of metal that would be tied around somebody's neck. And Jesus said it'd be better to be thrown into the ocean with that tied around your neck than to rob people of their opportunities. So that's so podcast listener, that's where we're going. Oliver, bring yeah. us in. I mean, pretty severe words and language, right? For a guy that says, Huge. Uh, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I came to lay my life down for others. I'm meek, you know, I'm gentle, I'm kind. And he is. And by all, not only by word, but also indeed, you don't see him up in arms about um, a soapbox about, let's say, poverty and social justice. You don't necessarily hear him going on about that. He says, actually, there will be poor people, mm-hmm. you know, in your presence at any different, you know, time and era of, of, of age. Um, he doesn't get up in arms of the idea of being in a storm. As a matter of fact, he's asleep. And so the safety, the physical safety mm. of the people that he loved the most wasn't something that, you know, he is our great protector and our great provider, but at any given time wasn't something that he was anxious about or yeah. provoked about. But the one thing you do see him turning over tables is the idea of worship becoming defiled or something obstructing his opportunity to lead others to worship. And I think that's because he holds it as a very dear and sacred thing, the opportunity for an individual to give him praise, to give him worship. Yeah. And when people misrepresent him, underrepresent him, or uh, misspeak for him and cause another person to stumble, that's the word used in that mm-hmm, one passage mm-hmm. in Matthew, it's of great offense to Jesus. And so I think it's, yeah. the, it's the greatest commodity you could ever rob somebody of. Well, you, you yeah. mentioned uh, when you preach, you're going through John chapter 10, and you mentioned this specific statement that you really stayed in on and mined out for us, but my sheep will hear my voice mm-hmm. and no one will snatch them from me, using that language of robbing, that they can come and take something out of his hand. Talk to us a little more about that and how this relates to some of the, the juxtaposed language you just introduced us to. I know we're going to get into that deeper, but the taking away from Jesus or adding to Jesus mm-hmm. type thing. Um, tell us a little more about that. Bring us into what you meant when you were zooming in on that and some of that language. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's any tears in heaven or regrets in heaven. I really feel, though, that there's like this this kind of moment, and I don't know how long it lasts and what it feels like or what if it's verbal or emotional or what it, what it's like, but we know that at the end of time, we're going to sort of see clearly things that we don't see clearly now. You know, mm-hmm. the sheep and goats idea, the yeah. idea of wheat and tares. There's there's this kind of proclivity of, of good and evil to be coexistent at the same time in this era, but and when the age to come... Um, and everything's accounted for, credited for, the work that we do is going to either get burned up or, or remain. I think one of the things we're going to look back at is realizing, um, you know, opportunities, like as we talk about this idea, opportunities personally that we had to worship that we forfeited or gave to somebody else. Mm. I think there's an opportunity for us to see, wow, like 
these were the different altars of my life existed, and these were the pure moments of worship, and this is really when I was just kind of vainly or misled, you know, kind of to fall down a different path to give somebody else or something else or some other moment my adoration and my worship. I think we're going to see that really clearly, more clearly than ever. And so um, I think that any time, as we talk about being a wolf or a hired hand or a thief or a robber, when we, um, again, as I mentioned earlier, this language, misrepresent Jesus, um, add something to him that isn't of him or isn't a major part of him. Anytime we add our preference, our personality, mm. our passion, mm. um, our personal convictions, our politics mm-hmm. to the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm. which is the lordship of Jesus over every tribe, tongue, and nation. If that is, if that becomes an equal or even worse than that, a subservient value post mm-hmm. to something else mm-hmm. that I value, whether it's wealth or knowledge or um, celebrity or whatever it is, if I if I were to put anything equal to, let alone above him, um, I'm obviously forfeiting worship, and even at worst, I'm hurting others because mm. I'm leading others to worship in that way as well. Come mm. join me in that worship and misplace worship to a to a lesser place. It sounds like you're describing, and you introduced me to this language and really made it um, very pictorial for me. Gutters around the centrality of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, meaning a gutter of it doesn't matter, or a gutter of it has to matter. Um, and I know yeah. you and I, when we were preparing for this podcast, we really got into a long conversation and a healthy conversation about minors and majors, and right. Jesus consistently being the main thing, and everything else is a minor. But I think I, I know for me, this is going to be an edifying conversation, and I think for our podcast listener, it's going to be helpful. So, podcast listener. Just a, a, a healthy warning. We're trying to forge ahead and ask ourselves: How do we keep Christ as the main thing and yet still have conviction? Yeah. How do we keep Christ the main thing and and have an open hand and go? That's not worth fighting about um, because you know justice is worth fighting about and talking about racism and sticking up for somebody who is being judged or treated poorly because of their skin color or somebody who is being mistreated because of the sexual preference they have. You know, like these are these can become uh, gray and less black and white. I mean that in the figurative way, not mm. race issues. And yet, um, if we lose the centrality of Christ, it, it, it's easy to. Right. So I just when you just mentioned how do we add these things to the gospel, I've, part of me goes, I never add that to gospel. I wouldn't say that, but I think if we really, if you and Oliver, if Oliver and I think about it, and podcast listen, we're really asking you to think with us on this. I feel like there's a lot of things we can find out in ourselves. Oliver, I want to read Matthew 18, 3 through 6 real quick, because I feel like John 10 helps us see some things. And this is the passage that Jesus talked about, the millstone. Mm-hmm. And he really gives it to us in a context of children. So when Jesus is saying, like, I get most provoked about you giving, stopping people from purely believing in me, he uses children as a, an example. Uh, and then I'm going to pass it back over to you. And I'd love for you to bring us into maybe that myth and that yeah. truth for us so that we could really jump into some practicals eventually here. Uh, podcast listener, Matthew 18, verses 3 through 6. So Jesus says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn, like change your mind and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. purely believes in Jesus without pretense, no extremes. Whoever receives one such child in the, my name receives me. Mm-hmm. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, 
And so if you're, like you mentioned, if you're an obstacle or stumbling block to somebody for, to truly believe in, so if you said, hey, child, yeah, it's good to do that, but you need to change your clothes before you come and worship, or right. hey, child, it's good you do that, but you need to stand up straight when you sing, otherwise God doesn't receive it. It's like, that you're. I think that's what you mean by adding yeah. the gospel in that way. Exactly, so he says, yeah. you cause them to sin. It would be better for this person to have a great millstone, 2,000 pounds, fast around their neck and drown in the depths of the sea. Jesus, mm-hmm. you're right. Super provoked, mm-hmm. protecting somebody who purely comes up and admires Jesus, loves Jesus, trusts Jesus, and somebody says, yes, yeah. but you got to do it like this. Yeah, so the myth of the day um, is that religion is something probably that I don't practice, something that is practiced usually in the past, something that is finite and defined in a book, in a holy synagogue, in a, in a kind of very defined and explicit way. The myth that we're talking about here has to do with your concept of the question, what is religion? And the danger of thinking that religion is a tradition that a, a dogmatic or doctrine espouses to or holds tightly to, if we think that that's the only place that religion exists, we're vulnerable to religion affecting our lives in other more less obvious ways. The truth of the matter is, the myth is that religion is only organizational. The truth of the matter is, is that religion is anything that I would add or take mm, away from Jesus. Mm, mm. Because the only true religion is Jesus as Lord. That's what First John says, we test the spirits, the only way that we can define what good religion is, the way to get to God, right? The religion is just your way, your definition of how we, uh, you know, aspire to or ascend a hill mm-hmm. to get to God. Mm-hmm. And, and our gospel mm-hmm. only provides one way, one mm-hmm. gate. That's why we're talking about John 10, where it says, hey, listen, there's other helping hands that try to get around the gate, above the gate, over the gate, but there's right. only one way to truly legitimately get into the gate, and that's Jesus. Yeah. So anytime we add or take away from Jesus, yeah. pure Jesus, yep. we've just created a new religion. It doesn't have to mean a book. Right. We don't have to meet on a certain day. We don't have yep. to wear a certain necklace. It doesn't have to be on the coexist sign for it yeah. to be a religion. Right. A religion is anything we add or take away. Yeah. And so anytime that we are, we have a preference, a political preference like we talked about, the way we stand, our posture, our, our views on money, sex, alcohol, cussing, any of these mm-hmm, topics... Mm-hmm. We have the danger, and mm-hmm. if not, probably the propensity and the mm-hmm. and the likelihood of adding something to mm-hmm. Jesus. And if we do that, we're preaching a, a skewered gospel. We're preaching a gospel that is, you know, somewhat distorted. This, yeah, the severity of what you're sharing, I, I don't think can be overstated, at least for this podcast, because mm-hmm. uh, when you were talking about religion and a myth... I was thinking about no one probably thinks they're religious. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know that a non-believing person might see you reading your Bible and go, wow, you're religious, I'm not. Yeah. And they're saying because you're practicing your belief by reading, you you take this serious. What a normal follower of Christ would say is, oh, I'm not religious, I'm in a relationship with God, that's why I do this. I do this purely because I love him, not because I'm trying to get him to love me. And that's what you, I think what you're saying, Oliver, is religion is when we say, I'm doing this, and as I do this, God now approves of me. Mm-hmm. Or I, I went off and sinned with my girlfriend, my boyfriend, my taxes, and now God loves me less. What we did is warp the gospel. We skewed it, as you just said, right? I mean, that's right. that's what we're talking about. And in that regard, uh, I think there's a lot of things that are potentially religious. So let's go to biblical context. Mm-hmm. Actually, the act, the physical removal of skin off of the male body mm-hmm. circumcision yeah. was one of the hottest like topics of debate of religion or not religion and the judgment finally comes down doesn't matter where somebody is physically circumcised or not only circumcision of the heart matters meaning what is on your heart what's going on at the heart place you don't have to perform mm-hmm. you don't have to uh, submit to some other doctrine or teaching in order to be 
saved and sustained by Jesus and have a relationship with him. And the same statement goes mm-hmm. true now from the clothing we wear. I didn't grow up in this culture, Oliver, but I've heard that people say like, you can't wear your hat in church or you have right. to wear pants or you have to stand up straight or get your Sunday best on or always call him sir and always call her ma'am and make sure that you this or that. And they were they were trying to look a certain way, mm-hmm. but they eventually... Maybe it was the minor of looking right with people, but eventually that child or those people thought, I have to do this or God wouldn't approve of me either. Yeah. So aren't where... you saying these are the, quote, religious, these can quickly become religious things mm-hmm. that Jesus would say, how dare you judge this person or make them change in order to think that they're good in standing with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, we can all have our own personal preference and prejudices about what we think religion is. And those ones that you just mentioned, whether it's sitting up straight or putting on a hat in church, those are typically traditional types of religions that we've seen. But yeah. I think that exists for you know our modern hipster person that's in some coffee shop that connects with God in a certain way and mm. likes music to sound a certain way. And if you wear khakis and tuck in your shirt and you don't have a tattoo, then all of a sudden, it's not that I, oh, I yeah. judge you and you're going to hell, but I do set a sense of principle and value set that says this is higher than that. This is a, of greater value than this. There's nothing wrong with having values. And we're going to get into kind of the practical dynamics of what this looks like, Chris, you know, in everyday life for our podcast for Next Steps. But just overall, what we're saying today, guys, is that, look, it's great to have preference. It's great to have personality. God created you to have a certain sure. personality, play a pr- certain part and a note in the overall harmony of the church and in, in, in the Lord. But the point is, is that if you put that preference and principle above the presence of God, above Jesus as the only way, and, and even worse, if that preference were to cause a stumbling block for somebody else to come into the, to the gospel because of your views on money or alcohol or any of the other things that we mentioned, mm-hmm. that becomes a robbing of somebody else's worship. And we should by all means defer and, and, and try and defend ourselves from ever doing that hmm. to, to somebody else. And so again, vote early and vote often. You know, have political preferences. No problem to have political convictions. Be a part of this world. Don't be so heavenly minded you're not of any earthly consequence. Right. But at the same time, if that secondary gets in the way of that primary, yeah. that's when the millstone gets involved. That's yeah. when we start to get offensive. And so if we want to move into just a, 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 like three practical examples, Chris, I know you got one. I'm going to bring up just one right here. First one that came to mind, Chris, was, was the issue of money. Um, everybody in their family and in their individual understanding has a preference on really the narrative of what money means in this world. Um, a lot of us are in gutters, but many of us believe one or the other, the narrative that money and wealth represents hard work, discipline. Um, it represents this person planned, this person saved, this person stewarded, mm-hmm. okay? And and absolutely, we can see in the example of Solomon and David that God is not opposed to wealth and money. And, and it talks about blessing throughout the Old Testament and the New. It talks about the idea of Joseph of, of Arimathea offering and being able to give a grave for Jesus, our Lord, and worshiping with his money. Um, there's no problem with money, right? The other narrative is, is the other ditch, which says money is evil, um, and that typically those that have less depend on God more, and money can get in the way of, you know, become an idol of and get in the way of worship. And so people that have less typically gave it. They're more charitable. They give things away. He would say to the rich man, hey, sell all your stuff if you want to follow me. Um, is, is there... A problem with having a lot of money? Yes, if it's an idol. Is there a problem with having no money? Absolutely, if you consider being poor the thing that gets you to heaven, mm-hmm. right? So the question of how much money is too much, mm. however much causes you to idolize, that's how much money is too much. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's no biblical precedent that says this is wrong or this is right, that makes it a secondary issue. Mm. And so we need to be able to 
love all people. It doesn't just say love God and love rich people or love God and love poor people. It says love all people. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the major preferences. So I say, podcast listener, consider your vision and value on money. It probably isn't one of those gutters, but I'd say you probably lean one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Be aware of that. Be aware of stewarding if you want to steward, if that's how you worship. Great. But here's the thing. If you make that a new law and a, and something equal to worshiping Christ, you've just gotten in the way of somebody else's worship. Right. Yeah. One of the ways that we've talked about the the left and right gutter is law and license. Mm. And the way you just described the wealthy man was license. I can have money. There's there's nothing inherently evil about it. And then the other person was law. You have to be poor in order to be close to Christ and be truly spiritual. Mm. And those are two myths, right? I mean, and so I think that I've seen this in my own journey uh, coming into being a Christ follower. I came from a very sin-filled lifestyle into trusting Jesus. And I didn't really know that I didn't know about law and license. I just knew Christ. So I'm not, I'm not saying like, I was a perfect example of it's only Christ, but Christ showed me what should become a law. And frankly, what I understood and still understand today, love is the law. Mm, I'm obligated to love other people. And my license was to forfeit anything that got in the way. Now, as I've grown older, I've watched people say law is uh, my law or my license. I've watched in our city, a lot of people say my license is I get to do whatever I want under the freedom of being free in Christ. And it doesn't matter what I do with anybody else. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like a gutter because I'm not thinking about other people. And the the law side is you shouldn't do any of those things. Right. And so neither of those are compelled by Christ. It's too attracted to other people. So in that regard, I think about, uh, you know, I, I know in our culture here, I, I meet well, I think people who are sincere about their faith, they talk well about God, but they're very licentious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watch it with alcohol use in yeah. our city. Um, I've watched it with sexual behavior. Oh no, no, no! I'm only. I'm actually. If you're if you're a non-believer, I'm only talking about inside the church, like Christian, like yeah. professing Christians. They're yeah, yeah. pastors in our city. I've heard of. I haven't sat with these people personally, but I know them. Um, people have said like, "Oh yeah, that that guy drinks. He's a pastor at my church." And I've heard him say, a "Toast with a beer in hand, like, let's toast to our mother having freedom." Quote. Mm. And I and I, I asked so many follow-ups. I'm like, "That's not." And they go, "No, that's what they toasted." I was like, "Oh, so." vulgarity and alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And these people were drinking to the point where they were um, intoxicated. So all I'm Mm -hmm. saying about that, like I I probably sound like a law guy, like they shouldn't do it. What I'm going is, no, they've taken their license too far or maybe they've misappropriated their license. It's like getting a license to drive a car and deciding I can drive that car wherever I want. You Mm -hmm. have freedom to operate within the bounds of, if consider your left and right vehicle and the car that you own that you're gonna have to pay for. They kind of forsook so many of those things. And the other side is judging everybody who has one glass of red wine, like you're a sinner. Um, like, well, hey, you're putting an unjust law and the other person is using their license in in unjust ways. Mm-hmm. So I know for me, like when I think about living in the upstate for the last 15, 16 years, I look and go, this is one of the bigger issues is people who are under law a lot mm-hmm. run too far with license. Right. And people who had a lot of license are terrified. So they hide in law rather than abiding in Christ, which looks, looks like loving everyone around them versus figuring out how I love personally mm-hmm. to live, which is what you described as conviction or preference. Yeah, we're starting to see that theme, I think, whether it's wealth, whether it's law or legalism, the idea that Christ sets up um, a, his presence, of course, and then from that we can 
we can decide our principles, but at the end of the yeah. day, if those principles take the place of his right. presence, right. now that becomes a religion as or yeah, religion in te- instead of a relationship. Yes. Um, one more that I thought of, and again, these are not an exhaustive list, but even in terms of personality preference, it's mm-hmm. just I say this in a funny sort of silly way. One time I helped out with a youth conference, and this guy was kind of this is how youth leaders work, you know. They they can lament sometimes about the numbers, you know. They want to see more people come, and this guy in particular was not only talking about the quantity of people, but he was saying things like, "Oh man, I can't believe all the introverts signed up." And he was saying <laughs> it as a joke because he's like a you know a big extrovert, and I guess in some cases there's strength and weaknesses in different personalities, and some personalities definitely thrive in different circumstances. And for him, he just felt like the youth group, you know, did better when people talked and when they're outgoing and then when they're outspoken. And he just felt like it was hard to build community mm-hmm. with introverts, you know, mm-hmm. and he was, I, I, even in him, he's being facetious. But mm-hmm. but my point is that I don't think it's an unfounded thought. I, I, if I we were to take introversion and extroversion, there's a preference mm-hmm. there, right? We, yeah. we can say that if we say it out loud. If we internalize it, though, maybe we would be blind to some of our prejudices, right? Because like an extroverted person, which I, I consider myself like an introverted extrovert, like I, I'll talk a lot, but for the most part, it's about where I define, you know, recharging my energy, mm-hmm. right? But an extrovert, you know, maybe is is valuing community and they, um, they see uh, sharing thoughts, sharing life, sharing opinions, even if sometimes you know, one time we did a personality test and one of the things it said about extroverts, Chris, you remember this from back in the day where it was like, sometimes extroverts will talk and then accidentally say things they wish they wouldn't have said, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but the overall bigger value is it's better to talk instead of be isolated, even if you do mess up because there's grace for that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the bigger uh, gutter would be if we withheld things and Mm -hmm. if we didn't share, then we would be having gaps of misunderstanding and trust. And so extroversion has that value set within it, right? But the danger would be if extroversions were to look at introverts and say, oh, they need to come out of their shell. They need to be more like this. They're fear-driven. They're too whatever, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And then I would judge somebody else's weakness against my strength. Similarly with introversion, you could say that extroverts are loud or boisterous or, you know, at the worst case, maybe bullies or pushing other people's Mm -hmm. into their their opinions. And as an introvert, you could judge an extrovert for that and say, well, you should be more cautious and calculated about what you say. You can fill in the blank. But the point is that our personalities, whether Mm -hmm. it's, you know, anything on the Myers-Briggs, right? Big picture, small picture, journey or destination person. You probably see this in your marriage a lot of times. It's easy to judge somebody else by your strength Mm -hmm. instead of theirs, Mm -hmm. right? And, and, and instead of judge your weakness against mm-hmm. grace. And, um, and I think that's where personality could be another area sure. of reference. So I agree. I think that when I'm hearing you say, you know, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, we mentioned politics. I, that's a sensitive subject because not just because of politics in our country, but because Donald Trump is our president. Um, currently, I remember, I'm just telling my personal story. There's about 12 people that will no longer associate with me. Mm. Um, be, and they don't even know who I voted for. They just assumed things about me. And uh, I, these were Christian friends, and they li- we literally have never talked again. They they cut the relationship off um, because they felt so strongly about, listen, I think things like abortion matter and sexuality matter. I do. But they decided to die on those hills, mm-hmm. not even asking me what I believe, but assuming certain things rather than the centrality of Christ. So I feel like, at least for my own journey right now, I'm thinking politics. Oh, what's the last taste I have in my mouth? Oh, 12 different individuals saying, I will yeah. no longer associate with you. And I thought, wow, oh. our, our friendship was centered around Christ, and now it seems to be centered around politics. That seems like a lesser issue. Uh, podcast listener, this is one of my kind of a, well, this is a parting question I really would love for you to consider. Um, are your convictions or your preferences or passions causing the people around you to see Christ clearer 
or is it making it more difficult for them to trust Christ? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Oliver said, convictions, passions, preferences, there's nothing inherently wrong with them uh, unless they're sinful and you yeah, want to be able right. to always expose those things to Christ. But literally, when you're living out certain things, is it making Christ more attractive to others or is it making people more, it more difficult for people to trust in him? Another way you can think through this is, because that's going to be a harder one for you to understand, but I would say this, when you conclude something like, oh, this is my freedom, I get to do whatever I want, or I never do that because, mm-hmm. my question for you is a process question. Did the Holy Spirit bring you to that place? Meaning you'd say, I was praying and reading the scriptures and I came to this license expression or this law expression. You know, how did you get there? Did Christ take you to that place? Because the Holy Spirit's always going to always bring your face to look upon Christ. It's one of the greatest ministries of the Holy Spirit is he always causes us to behold Christ. So if you're beholding political view, beholding some sort of societal economic view, or you're beholding some sort of justice movement um, as your primary reason for living, breathing, and dying, I'm just, my question I just would ask you to consider is, is this a byproduct of Holy Spirit's leadership in your life that he caused you to potentially Focus on a minor. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but is that the end all of your life? And if so, it's possible that you might be robbing people Mm. of the opportunity to purely find Christ through you, their own journey, but you're a living example. And none of us are perfect as an example, but we're a living example. And yes, I would say in a kind way, our preferences, passions, and convictions, if they're not checked within the context of Holy Spirit leadership, mm-hmm. may end on something other, left or right, law or license, other than Christ. And Christ warned people that people in his day were already doing this with the secondary issues. So that's, that's my final mm-hmm. push uh, for this podcast. Oliver, why don't you sum things up and, and close us out? Well, I was just going to say, um, I think there's no other way to say it better than what you just said. I okay. g- agree completely. Well said. And um, I get, that's all our time we have for City Lights Podcast. We just want to make sure that you're taking time to consider your next step with Christ. Right. Um, say it out loud. Write it down. Write it on a post-it note. Put it on your sticky note and put it on your steering wheel. You know, tell somebody Share else. Some, yeah, talk Share with somebody it about with somebody it for else. sure. Yeah. Yep. And if you're... Um, Encouraged by this podcast, like, um, subscribe, link, share it with somebody on a social networking. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a pleasure to spend time with you. God bless and um, praying for you always. Yes. Much Adios. love. Adios.